to begin, we are North Americans. And for those of you who still think we're from England, we're not. No. We bit our plays, bit our trades till we think we might die. Far from North America, where the buildings are old and you might have lots of mimes. Welcome to episode number 21. This is the Scoop Phase. I'm Zach Hicks. I'm David. And uh, we have another David. We have David. a special guest this week. This is the founder of Wendy's, or so yeah. I hear. Har har, he's never heard that one. Yeah, I'm sure he's heard that like half a million times. But we have David Thomas on the show today, and I'm, 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 I'm pumped. He's your Star City Games Kansas City Legacy Open winner. Sounds like we voted for him. I, that's how you announced. But David, it. <laughs> how 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 are you, sir? We're doing well. How are y'all doing? We're good. We're good. Uh, so let's just jump right into this. How did you get into Magic? Um, I'm not actually sure. I just remember one day playing, starting to play in tournaments. You just woke up one day. And you're like, what are these things in my hand? <laughs> Pretty much. I think I've been playing it for like 14 years now. Wow. Jeez. So, so what was the first set that you remember playing with? It was uh, one of the starters, I think. Ooh, probably starting starter 99 or something. I think so. That's very nice. So, uh, did you did you, well back then? Since you've been playing for so long, that similar to the other people that have been playing that long, they didn't really have. Legacy in the different format. So was that the same thing with you, or did you get into Legacy later on? Um, I've actually not been heavy into uh, tournament magic, except for maybe the uh, past five years, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think I just played casually. Legacy didn't happen until in, I think the last year or two. Okay. So yeah, it, it's pretty crazy how once you get your foot in the door with Legacy, you're just it really hits you pretty hard because you're oh, like, it's, it's become one of my favorite formats. It's mine too. You're like, I want to play every deck in the format. Like, are you? I don't know if you're like me, but like, I see a top eight and I'm like, I want to play every one of these decks. I've got all the cards. Oh, I'm yes. just missing like six hundred dollars worth of stuff. <laughs> missing I mean, five cards. That's one of the reasons I like the format is because there's so many different decks. Yeah, like when it's unhealthy, like when Mental stuff was. Was around. I don't. I didn't like the format because it was just mental misstep dot deck pretty much. And now it's it's more snapcaster dot deck. But there are ways to get around I, it. I had it, it's a slowly evolving. I had a nightmare that they didn't ban mental misstep. Do you know how retarded? Do you know how retarded? Excuse my French. Retarded. Legacy would be right now if snapcaster was legal. And middle misstep. Like, it would not be fun. Nobody play one drops. No, there would be zero one drops. It's like, I'm uh, not going exist. <laughs> Brainstorm would just get the boot. Yeah, everyone would be playing Impulse. Everyone. <laughs> and instead of banning middle misstep, they ban Ponder and Brainstorm. Ooh. Pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It, it, it just, it was a bad nightmare. Uh, 
What's uh so what you're currently playing the rug list? Uh, I I've known you as a dredge player uh, just from meeting you. You told me you play dredge. Uh, are, is this going to be something permanent for you? Or are you still going to go back to dredge? Or what's uh? I'm probably, I'm probably not going to go back to dredge. Uh, I like I like having more control over my games as a, as a whole, especially as the tournament goes on. So I'm going to start playing more consistent decks. I don't know if I'm going to stick with this, but uh, it's it, there's a lot of things I want to do. I haven't really found my element yet outside of dredge. Yeah, I'm I'm four theoretically I'm four underground seas away from being able to play pretty much any deck in the format with the card pool that I personally own. And it don't, just don't brag now. I'm don't not brag. bragging. It just it kills me because <clears throat> I want to play so many different decks but I don't have the time. But I think I'm settling into one deck and I think I'm gonna build the UB Fairies list. Uh but I mean this rug deck, I don't see it going away. Unless in December they ban Snapcaster. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so either because, like, I was going to go over it later, but I can touch on it right now. Like, I think Snapcaster is a problem, but I think the format's slowly starting to evolve to where we can figure out how to beat it. It's not an unsolvable it's, problem like Middle Misstep was. Right. Like, it's it's becoming on the same power level as Vendillion Click instead of Middle Misstep. Which, uh, I, I, would, I, think, I, think, I think Snapcaster Mage is a little bit better than Dilly Click. Yeah. I mean, it, I it's on the same level. I mean, you have Vendillion Click. It's an amazing card, but it's it's balanced. And then you have Middle Misstep, which is complete bonkers and just locks out the entire game. I, I, when I first saw that card, I didn't actually think they were going to bend it. Uh, I didn't think the card was as insane as it turned out to be. I didn't either, honestly. I knew it was going to have an impact, but I didn't think it was going to be that big. Well, I mean, when when it got spoiled, and I know we've we've talked ad nauseum about uh, Middle Misstep, but when it got spoiled, I think it was either Patrick Chapin or Drew Levin. I can't remember, but they said, do you realize how many cards you get to counter for free? It was in Legacy. It was Chapin. It was like Chapin. It was like, let's just let's just see tier one to tier three decks. It's not twenty one cards out of those. Mm-hmm. And That's ridiculous. Yeah, one card hates out like twenty decks. Right, and I I, I think Snapcaster Mage is nowhere near that big of a, a plague on the format. But it, it's one of those. It's a pillar. It's a pillar card. I think. I. It's a really fair card. It's a fair card, but they've got to do something. Like, where is White's Snapcaster Mage? I mean, I know they have Stoneforge. White main line. I know they have Stoneforge. They have Flash. But they don't have a they don't have anything crazy that just you have to play it if you're playing that color. You don't have to play Stoneforge. You have to play Swords or or yeah, if you're playing White. But outside of that, you don't have to play any card. It like you're not locked in. Like if I play Blue, I'm sleeving up Force of Wills. Brainstorms, uh, brainstorms dazes, sometimes. Dazes, dazes sometimes, Snap. and now Snapcaster. Like, it really, unless I'm playing a combo deck, it's, or Reanimator, which is kind of a combo deck, 
I'm not. I don't need this. I need the snap. I have to play him. What you're saying is blue has a lot more staple cards than the other colors. That is exactly what I'm saying. And thank you for conveying that correctly. Like white. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree with you. White has Stoneforge and Swords and Path maybe. Uh, green has Tarmogoyf. Uh, I'd say Tarmogoyf, Green Sun, and can you really say neither Reliquary? I, I lump it into a green card. Yeah. I don't think I'd count Tarmogoyf as a green card, because I think historically it, sh- it shows up in more non-green decks. Oh, yeah. Than, than actual green decks. Well, yeah, it, it's, it's super splashable. I was so. going to say, it's like a gold card. I, I think it's every card's uh, insane, or every color's insane card. Right. Uh, Black has the discard outlets, obviously, and Thought Seize, Inquisition, stuff like that, and Dismember. I think I think Black is behind Blue uh, as far as uh, insane playables go. Yeah, I think it goes. Even I mean, if we're gonna do this, if we're gonna do this, I'm thinking it goes Blue, Black, Blue, Black, Red, Green, green White. white yeah. yeah. If we're no, talking White Green, White Green. If we're talking Legacy cards. Yeah. Yeah. But but regardless. Let's 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 keep the show moving. We'll we'll talk more about the the meta game later. Uh, let's go back to our main our main subject, which is David Thomas. Uh, David, are there any like decks or cards you've played with over the years that you just like? Like, what was the most fun deck or card you played with? That's actually Dredge. Uh, I've been playing the deck ever since uh, the mechanic came out. Uh, I helped pioneer the original version of the deck without Bridge from Below when it was in standard. So I've always had an affinity for the deck. That was a nice little magic pun. I like it. I like it. Had a little affinity for it. But, uh... <laughs> I mean, Dredge is definitely a complicated mechanic, and when you... When, I mean, if it's what you enjoy playing, a lot of people don't consider it actually magic. They're like, what are you doing? Do you do I lose yet? Do I win? Did you did you screw up? No. Okay, let's just go to game two. It's true. A lot of people don't realize though. Uh, a lot of the small decisions that go into playing that deck, because there are a lot of games that don't seem like you can win, and you you can actually just win. Right. Like people people forget that. Oh, uh, you can just make two zombie tokens and win from it, or something yeah. like that. Like but oh, I'm, I'm just like the first time I played against David uh, Painter here. He was uh he is playing and I'm like, okay, he's got no dread return targets. I've got this on lockdown. And on his t- next turn, he was like, uh, sack an archimeda to cabal therapy. You make three zombies. Sack a an archimeda, make three zombies. Uh, go ahead. And I'm like, oh, that's uh that's twelve damage next turn, and I'm at ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of bummed. I I've I played dredge for about four and a half months. I've I've I traded off the deck, but. I was winning more games with like just beats, like swing six, swing six, swing six, you know, like yeah. then Icarid beats. And yeah, Icarid beats. Then like any other, like other than going off. Like when you go off, you're like, okay, I win. But that, like David will tell you, because he's been playing way longer than me. That's like, you know, it doesn't happen. Like it doesn't even happen every like five matches. Like you. Might not go off at all, ever. I, I think on average, like, uh, I go off about once per, one game per match, uh, and that game is usually game one. Yeah. Just simply because there's no, most people don't have anything to interact with me. Right. Whereas, like, I won a lot of games two and three with just hacking with Narcomibas and Future Dents, because I had to. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of Dredge, that's uh that's one deck that we did not see at uh, Star City Vegas this week. Uh, in the top 16, there was absolutely no Dredge. In fact, the only graveyard deck came in third place with a uh, Reanimator, which Reanimator's getting stupid. I'm so glad that they didn't unban uh, Mystical Tutor. It would not be fun to play. Everybody would be running Reanimator. I don't think they'd unban Mystical Tutor because it would allow so many other decks to exist. Snapcaster Mystical Tutor? Mm. Yeah, that'd be insane. Mystical Tutor from Force of Will. It would not be fun. Like, it would not, like, the... Like, it would be fun if, like, it was just all control mirrors. Think about how many <laughs> draws per round that would be. <coughs> like, just be like the weight mirror, except in Legacy. Did y'all ever play uh, the, the weight mirror when it was in Standard? The what mirror? Uh, Mirai's weight control deck from uh, uh, that block. Well, he actually started playing in uh, Shards of Alara block. And no, 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 no. Stars no. block. No, no, I played uh, World Wake. World Wake. And I started playing in, in Time Spiral, so we didn't ever get to play with it. Okay, so this was a standard deck that would functionally start trying to win around turn 30. Yeah. And, like, the mirror match would always end up in a draw, because they could never finish game one. Like, that's probably what it would, if everyone's doing Snapcast or Mystical Tutor. That'd be insane. It, it, like I said, it wouldn't be fun unless, like, that was all you wanted to play. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I have no problem with a set metagame where you basically have to play a variant of a deck or a deck that beats that that variant. And, like, I have no problems with that, but a lot of people, they get discouraged by it. Like, if you look at this top eight right here from Star City Games Las Vegas, you have Burn, Stoneblade, Agrolome, Elves, Reanimator, and Rug Tempo. <clears throat> and Alex Bernsini is the only... Good player. I mean, like, I'm not gonna say these other people. The only Tony, Tony, Tony Murata's in there too. He's playing anime. I, I don't know. He's he's is. a good player. Uh, like he's the only known player in this top eight. But if you look at the the decks, all you have to beat is all you have to do is have graveyard hate, and like what this burn deck has in its side of pyrostatic pillar. <laughs> like all you have to do is be able to beat. I think Rug and Bant main deck and have the hate for Reanimator and Elves and that's about it. Thing is, like, I think. Good. Well, what I was gonna say is like a lot of the legacy players, uh, or a lot of the the more more well known legacy players right now are pushing counterbalance because of how well positioned it is in the format. So I think a lot. Of, I think once uh, some results start to show with counterbalance, I think some people are people are gonna start picking up on that again. Yeah, I agree there. Um, I, I I agree, and I think that's going to be our deck. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna delve, ha ha ha. We're gonna delve into that's counterbalance awful. later in the the podcast, and we're gonna give a primer on it, and the we're gonna give a little history lesson on the old school uh, counterbalance and everything else. But you know, I agree. I think counterbalance is the deck right now to be playing. Either that or a deck that beats counterbalance. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably a good a good thing to assume. Like, uh, I think this rug deck is picking up steam, but I don't know how long it can hold on to it because it's got a pretty big target on its forehead. I agree there. Um, I actually asked in Facebook today, "What's the best? What's the answer to this rug deck?" 
And the general consensus was uh, a lot of removal. A lot of removal and a lot of land uh, fuckery, as I like to say. A lot of land disruption. See, Not hand disruption. Land disruption. Yeah, like, the thing that really screws over the rug tempo decks, in my opinion, is actually, like, engineered explosives. Engineered explosives wrecks them. Like, oh, you have Lava Mancer, Delver, nice. Yeah, you have two flip Delvers. I'll pay zero for this engineered explosive. I don't, I don't and think. And crack it. And then I'll use my one of Academy Ruins, put it back on top of my deck. Whenever. You know what card I think is fucking sick right now? Dark Blast. Jesus. It is. Like, when I'm, like, I'm thinking about putting a Dark Blast in my deck that I'm currently playing, and you know what deck that is. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about putting one in there, because you can just shut any kind of, like, okay, listen, Rug Tempo, Dark Blast, cuts out. Snapcaster They kill and Snapcaster and Delver. I mean, it's not, not it's not going to do much to a Tarmogoyf, but, um, you look at the Bant Stoneblade, I believe it's running Vendillion Click, no? It's yeah, a- they are. They're playing Vendillion Clicks. So it kills like clicks and uh, Iron Tremendic, which is really good. It kill, they're running Scrib Ranger. Um, you can even do. Yeah, you can even Ranger. kill a Scavenging Ooze if they were tapped out. Uh, you could kill a Pride Mage if they tapped out. Dryad Arbor is another good target. Yeah. If they're playing Phoenix. Noble Hierarch. And like, it's just so crazy how you can go like upkeep, Dark Blast you. My draw for the turn, I'll dredge, return Dark Blast, Dark Blast that. And. Yeah, and, like, with Snapcaster in your deck, Dark, Dark Blast just makes it better. Uh, it's not my deck, but if, if like you're... Like, dredging's not a bad thing if you have Snapcaster in your deck? Yeah. yeah. It, oh, that's what you're talking about. I yeah, thought you were talking about Snapcasting uh, Dark Blast. I'm like, that doesn't seem good. <laughs> <laughs> like, instead of buybacking this, I'm just going to get rid of it forever. No, 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 no. Just I wonder, like, that like, seems just, bad. Just putting stuff in your graveyard with Dark Blast and just, so like... what you're saying is there should be some kind of Grixis control deck that needs to pop up. I don't know if that's... Using Dark Blast, Snapcaster Mage, Bolts, uh, Price of Progress. Maybe not Price of Progress. No, Price, <laughs> of, price would probably kill them. Although it would be pretty sweet to Snapcaster Price. Yeah, I'll take 12 and then I'll take hold 12 on. again. I'm at 13 ah. and you're at what? Okay, <laughs> Price of Progress, Snapcaster Price of Progress. I'm at one! James had a draw. Oh, no. No. You drew that bolt. No! <laughs> gut shot. Cut shot. What would that do to anything? You can't gut shot someone when you're dead. Come on. Uh, you're responsible. Sam. Okay, so you, you won Kansas City with Rug Tempo. Uh, we went over the deck. You said before we started recording that the two guys that uh, were in first and second in Las Vegas... Or playing the 75 that you played. Yeah, the exact same 75. No changes. Zero changes. Man, that's pretty crazy. That's yeah, like, they have two people meet in the finals with the same deck, uh, or that are the same deck as the deck that won the last thing. It's pretty ridiculous. Like, it's kind of a testament to its power, I think. I This deck, like, it scares me. Like, I want to play it bad. Like, I love it. <laughs> this is this is my deck. I mean, it's got Life from Alone. It's got Stifle. It's got Spell Snare. This deck is very good against all the all the tiered decks. But the thing is, people don't realize this. But what 
what what what it's going to take to actually beat this deck is going to be fringe decks that they're not going to be prepared for. Because pe- the more and more people see this deck top eight, and the more and more people are going to try to start playing it, and they're not going to know how to play against certain things. If you run up, if you're piloting this deck, and you run up against Affinity, uh, Mud, Mono Blue Control, something weird like that, you're going to be like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Do I counter? No, I can't. Yeah, I would be like, go ahead. I actually played against Affinity uh, round one in Kansas City with this deck, and I beat it uh, uh, 2-0. It was was really unusual, because I thought I was going to get stomped. I, I don't see how you don't get stopped. I mean, to me, it seems like they just blow out their hand on turn one and two, and you're... You well, just have to draw your lining bolts, I guess. Yeah, you got to go straight bolts. Like, uh, all I remember is that Armored played defense the entire match while I killed him with a whip Delver Secrets, because uh, his armor fiber couldn't take him down. Right. I guess he just didn't draw the cranial blading then. Uh, I countered all those cranial puddings in Tezzerits, and after board, I was killing his master of games with Pyroblacks. Uh-huh. So, so that might have been uh, slightly relevant. That's... But, and the three crosser grip in your sideboard helped, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I killed a land with one of them at one point in time. <laughs> crosser grip, you see, that's a sign of... Three man a wasteland. Uh, <laughs> that what can get snapcaster. What, alright, let me ask you this question, and, and I've never understood this. Why is there just this lonely Sylvan library in the sideboard? Um, it's basically for the control matchups, like, uh, they have a slower control deck, because the rogue tempo deck has no real source of card advantage. So, if the game goes long, and you're just drawing one off your cantrips, uh, you're probably gonna lose the game. Like, there's all the Jason Light Sculptor, you just lose to it. So you, you really need a way to keep, uh, keep up, and Silver Library helps that. So. Just the, it feels like playing against this deck, it feels like you have to jump through fucking hoops to do anything against it. And just, you know, I'm like, okay, like, like you just said, they resolve Jace, but to resolve this Jace, they have to, you have to not have a force of will, a brainstorm to possibly grab something, a spell snare, a snapcaster into a spell snare, a snapcaster into a brainstorm into a force. Like, it just seems so. It's just, ugh. And then if they resolve it and they they brainstorm, you could just be like, all right, uh, lightning bolt it. Lightning bolt your Jace. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people who play against a rogue deck have to like have to play against the deck really well because if you make any mistakes, the deck's very good at punishing those mistakes. Like, one wrong play could easily lead you, uh, or cause you to lose the game just simply because you didn't evaluate the situation correctly. So, um, how good were stifles for you? When they were good, they were really good. When they were bad, they were really bad. But I think that's, I put, I put this card in the same category as another card that doesn't see much play. Uh, card is, World. no. <laughs> The card is Sinkhole. Okay. After turn four, Sinkhole is a dead draw. Mm, no, 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 it know. is. I don't it, know about that one. It, it is. If you can go turn two Sinkhole and then turn four Sinkhole, or turn three or turn four Sinkhole, after that they are almost dead draws because you should have won the game by then. And well, they don't uh, do anything to progress your board. 
Oh. I wouldn't necessarily say that because there are lots of small things that Cyborg can do. I would I would put it like slightly above the value of Wasteland because like if, if you don't counter the Jace or something, you can you can buy your turn. Like say they try and bounce your Cyborg, you can counter the activation and just go base. So Cyborg still got some application. So let me ask you if you've ever done this before because this would just be the nuts. Like you have a Tarmogoyf on board. It's let's just say it's a 3-4. They play Jace. You know, like, bounce your Tarmac away. And you're like, I'll stifle that. And then next time you just kill their Jace. <laughs> actually, uh, in the finals of Kansas City, uh, he played Jace in one. I stifled the bounce, then he conceded because I had onboard lethal. <laughs> yes! That, that's brutal. I mean, he's like, yes, I'm going to live one more turn. I'm going to be able to dig. Jace, and you're like, sure, it resolves. He's like, bounce. You're like, stifle. And he's like, shit! Yeah, it was it was pretty clutch, Cyborg. I mean, the card did a lot of things like that on the day. Uh, I I think I also countered some Vendillion trick, uh, trick triggers. That so, was really uh, good. So actually. I didn't lose anything or they didn't get any information. Um, back on the the sinkhole thing real quick. I just want to touch on it. The main thing I don't like about sinkhole is you're just running it straight into spell snares. Spell snares. Yeah. Are- Seeing more play now than I don't, I don't think it's ever seen more play than it like. Is now. Okay, could you imagine a blue black, a blue black deck that runs sinkhole, stifle, snapcaster, vanillion click. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm following you. He gets yeah, absolutely blown out by anything that zoo, but okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're gonna have removal, and you're gonna have snapcaster for that removal. Okay, so you're gonna have removal for your removal. They remove your removal, if you will. All right, so you, like, oh, and it runs, uh, like, uh, what's the card I run? Uh, the, the blue-black hybrid? Oh, Shadow of Val? Shadow, like, that's so garbage. Something like that. It runs that's some Shadow so garbo. of Just absolute land depravity. They're like, fetch, go, and you're like, underground sea, go, and they're like, fetch, you're like, stifle. And they're like, well, shit, they play their land, they're like, I'm going to fetch on my turn, so I can, and then... You're like, sinkhole your land. <laughs> and then you're like, turn three, Vendillion click. It's so old. Turn four, Snapcaster, sinkhole. Nice god end, man. <laughs> Just but let, let's, blowouts. Let's move on to something actually good. Uh, in the top the top eight and the top 16, there was a couple decks that I saw that kind of stood out for me. And that was uh, the Aggro Ohm deck, the uh, the Elves, the, the Bant Stoneblade, and the Burn deck. I, like... I'm I'm really liking this Bant Stoneblade. It's it's very similar to the Zoo deck. It, it, it's like Zoo and uh, Sto- uh, Stoneblade had a baby, and they called it Bant Stoneblade. It's pretty much the deck that I was running. It's pretty much like my Zoo deck that I have running right now, except for I don't run swords. I love Terravore. Terravore is such a beast. Well, one of the interesting things about this deck is that it doesn't have Power Boy. Yeah. That, that is kind of weird. The, it also doesn't run Vendillion Click in the in one of them. To both of them? In either one of them, actually. Oh, no, there it is. It's under Legendary Creatures. Yeah, neither of them had uh, Tarmogoyf, though. I don't think Tarmogoyf is necessary in this Bant list. Because yeah. you, there's no real way to put stuff in the graveyard like these other decks. Well, I, I mean, the way I, I look at this, I think uh, Tarmogoyf in this deck is going to replace my Stoneforge Mystic because you're, that two drop is just way better for this deck. Right. Like, when you have 
uh, dudes that you want to drop instead of Tarmogoyf, then that you, that means you don't really even need Tarmogoyf. Because yeah. even Pride Mage is better than Tarmogoyf at times. Yeah. Like, I love Pride Mage right now, with, uh, mm. with all the countertop decks around. <laughs> I like I like Burdensini's list right here. I really... It feels like it's no bant without the natural order. That's exactly. exactly what it is. It actually it more looks more like blue white stoneblade, splashing green for Hierarch, Reliquary, and Sylvan Library. That's it. And, and Pride Mage. And Pride Mage. The one Pride Pride Mage. Like he just wanted the green for another beater and a little bit of mana. But here's the argument that he's gonna make for this deck. Neither Reliquary beats the format right now. In my opinion, it's so good. It it, it does. It it gets so big so quick that your only out is to path it or swords it. Right. And which rug doesn't run? But yeah, I don't think they can kill it. They, they no, can they, bounce it. They can't kill it. They, they can temporal spring it. That's about it. They can bounce it. Uh, they could block it with Tarmogoyf until it gets too big. Right. Do uh speaking of speaking of bounce it, do you think uh like. In standard, the whole like fad is starting of using Vapor Snare and Snapcaster Mage. To I'm really, doing it. Really screw up the tempo of all these aggro decks. You think it's going to catch on in uh, Legacy, David? Uh, I don't know about Vapor Snare. Like, uh, you don't really need that. Instead of bouncing something, you're just, I think it's just better off removing it with half exile or sword polishers. Or polishers. Well, I mean, for the rug decks that can't, that can't run those kind of cards. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's actually that big of a deal because, uh, my limited experience is playing with the deck. I, I really only needed to kill something with, uh, in the first four or five turns. Uh, the rest of the time, I was just trying to get through the last points of damage, not, not get rid of anything. Right. Well, I mean, well, yeah, it's not a war of attrition so much as it is a card advantage war. And also, the Vapor Snag actually helps with this too because it makes them lose a lot. Ah, you get so much fucking card advantage with Snapcaster, it's ridiculous. It it is pretty ridiculous at times. The biggest problem I see with that is uh, they have to have a creature. I think there are enough decks in this format that uh, don't really have creature creating target. Like uh, playing against uh, a combo deck and having Vapor Snag instead of, say, a Lightning Bolt could be a huge thing. That's true. You can bounce your own stuff. Ooh, that's no, nice. and lose a life. Yeah, that seems Throw bad. Off their math. What do you What do you think of a the the rug deck just cutting the green out, just just cutting it out and running for something else and a, not a life and wall? I thought about it uh, because I've had a lot of people actually ask me about that. Uh, the biggest problem I have with that is losing Tarn Boy. Like there's nothing in the red that kind of does what he does. And Grim Lovermancer kind of eats your Snapcaster stuff sometimes. It it so. does. It does. And the only thing I could say is, like, if you took out the Tarmogoyf and the Life from the Loam and the Temporal Spring out of this deck, and you just put, like, a Vendillion Click, uh, I don't, I really don't Blame know, Fa- Phantasmal Image. I'm actually like a blind one. Uh, something like that in there, because you would just basically turn your, you know, they go Tarmogoyf and you're like, okay, I'll image it. I I don't know. It, it's something to think about. I don't I don't know if 
cutting Tom McGoyf is worth it. But Life on the Loam is pretty sick, especially when you get wastelands and loam blocking going on. One of one of the most satisfying feelings in the world is playing Brainstorm on your upkeep, putting back two lands, then dredging Life on the Loam. It's it's pretty good. It's a it's a beating. It's a beating, and it it feels like when you're playing against it, you're sitting there watching it like, oh, I can't fucking do anything. This is fucking terrible. <laughs> it's it's pretty brutal. Uh, so top eight, we've went over it. Elves. This was a straight up standard elves. Yeah. The only thing different is it wasn't running the uh, the enchantment. That gives everything haste. Oh, Concord Crossroads? Yeah. I haven't seen one running. Oh, wow. It's got four green suns. I haven't seen them start mainboarding green suns yet. Yeah, green suns probably one of the best because you get a bunch of mana, you can just green sun for Regal Force. And that just resets your board and you're like, okay. And it shuffles in, so you never have to worry about decking yourself either. A lot of people who play elves, I think, are worried about clogging up the, the spell slot. Like with that, uh, that Grinson's unit and, uh... Summoner's Uh, not that one, a draw card. Oh, Blip Yeah. Because they really want to maximize the actual combo, and it's like the combo-oriented uh, uh, part of the deck. Yeah, this this is another one of those decks that also sideboarded into the, the Buried Alive Infine package. What does Absolute Law do? I want to see what that does. All creatures gain protection from red? Yep. That's weird. I don't. It's not like fire spell. Yeah. Ooh, enchantment seems good. It's not. It's just once it's there, it's there. Because like the decks you would board it in to have fire spell, they're not going to be prepared for enchantment like that. So if if it sticks, guys aren't going to die. Yeah. Another thing about the elves list, I, I don't, I don't really like is uh three Gaia's cradles. I had our friend David Vo that uh, top eight of the Elves at Star City Atlanta last year was uh, running a Singleton Guy's Cradle and was drawing it, it pretty consistently, too. And three of them just seems like the legendary effect would just screw him over. Yeah, I don't like I don't like it at all. I, I could see two, <coughs> not three. I don't like that he's not running a... Uh, what's the white guy that just you just blow people out when you can? Yeah. Uh, so you don't, that, that's, that's not... For this kind of deck, that's more of the aggro ones. This oh, is, Mirror Infinity actually allows you to go infinite uh, in the deck. Yeah. How? With Wirewood Symbiote, because you can return. If you make it an L, uh, you'll return it to your hand. And you can untap, like, uh, Priest of Titanium. Oh, I see what it is. Alright. So, you do it for one, return Wirewood Symbiote to untap. Priest of Titania, tap Priest of Titania for an ass load, play Symbio, activate Mirror Entity for one, blah, 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 yeah. blah infinite mana. Okay, okay. Hmm. It also gives you an infinite storm count, uh, because, like, the ones they were trying to do that may, like, break shot you or something. Yeah. I, I did see that. I've seen that, and I've seen the, uh, the, uh, fuck, uh, brain, not brain freak. Yeah, when they're running the, uh, when they're running the uh, intuition, oh yeah, 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 when they have when they have the main board chop islands, I saw a brain freeze once, and the guy just glimpsed until he hit brain freeze and was like brain freeze you, and he had already played like 
19 spells that turn. Okay, you got me. Oh, and we're cool. Shuffle it in. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was cute. It was cute. With cool. And then we have another burn top aiding, which is, I think, exciting. I mean, burn's been dead for a long time. Oh, I wouldn't say dead. It's just there's there's not really even been a time for it to be good. Well, middle misstep absolutely still- raped burn. Let's be real honest. Oh yeah. And before that, it was all these creature decks. Before middle misstep, it was all creature decks that could race this deck and got too big for it. Like, Zoo gets too big for Burn and blows it out. Right. So, it becomes a race of, can you beat my Neither Reliquary that's an 8-8 that your guy can't block or... You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you see what I'm saying, David? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I think Burn is really well positioned right now. It's it's actually got a really good rook matchup. That's, uh, I think, one of the reasons people are playing it. it uh, it's really fast. Uh... I don't remember who I, who I know, but one of my friends uh, got killed turn four by Burn. The guy just had a double fire by his hand and can't do anything about it. Right. Why? Let me ask you a question. And this is a dumb question. It's probably going to show my nubity. All right. He's running 19 lands, okay? All right. He's running two Barbarian Ring, 17 Mountain. All right. Why not run, I don't know, three Wastelands? Because of price of, price of progress, and you need to get to, uh, you need to get your your mana up, figure of destiny for uh, for your uh, okay. static code. I see. You also need the fire uh, the fire blast. Like you don't want to have like uh, the hand with all the wastelands and the barbarian rings in one mountain. Right. I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like you could tap to play price of progress. Oh, you're at four. Sack both of the mountains you just played. Right. And then... That's just clogging up the... the I mean... I see I see what you're saying. I just... Mm, I feel like Wasteland's so fucking good right now. Wasteland would slow the deck down a ton. Yeah. Because they, they, they don't care what lands you're playing. They're, they're going to kill you. Yeah. Oh, you play something. Okay, I'll just kill it. And then I swing with all my dudes. It would also make Price of Progress a little bit worse. Because, like... It, if they have basics in the deck and you're killing off their non-basics, right. you lose the value. Wasteland your things back to basics. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I see it. I just... You're my bad. mind always, okay. You're just a bad <clears throat> player. Uh, Rug Tempo dominating pretty much this top 16, along uh, with Vance Stoneblade or Stoneblade Variants. I wouldn't I wouldn't say dominating. Also, a name we don't see a lot lately. I actually posted something about this. Edgar Flores went back-to-back in Vegas. He uh, top-aided the standard and lost in top eight, and then top 16 uh, the legacy. This was his first time back since... Uh, let me Since ask the week after Jay's got banned. Let me ask you a question, David. This is pretty much deck, the deck that he top 16 uh, in Legacy. Like, he's the one been playing this deck. Like, no one else is playing this deck that I know of. What do you think of this deck? It's running, basically, it's like Callblade with Blackford, Dark Confidant, and, and Bitter Blossom. As far as I know, Agriforce will play any sword, any sword deck he can in every format, if possible. Like, uh, I don't like it. I think it's way too clunky, and the man man is even worse than a lot of uh, other decks. But it's it's not bad. It has a lot of raw power. Like, if you draw the mana, it can be really strong. 
Oh, yeah. Like, also, I agree with everything you just said, but is Jace even necessary in this in this deck? In my opinion, I don't think it is. No, like, no, it's not. I actually think it's uh, oh, it hurts the deck. Like, it makes your uh, compounds worse. Like, uh, there I'm are a lot of. I'd rather have two Force of Wills. Yeah. Yeah, nice two Force of Wills. He's running right two Jaces. I would much rather have. Let's just say, let's just go up one Force of Will on one days. Like, let's go 3-3. Three, three. I just don't think Jace the Mind Sculptor in an absolute control deck right now. Like, Blue-White Stoneblade has to run Jace because it wins a lot of time by just Jace, Jace you. Like, and the opponent can't do anything because they're locked out of the game from all the counters. And, like, Mono Blue kills you with Jace 90% of the time. Uh... Standstill kills you with Jace. Uh, Countertop kills you with Jace. This deck probably kills you with a Bitter Blossom token with a Batter Skull on it. I don't know, probably nine times out of ten. I mean, I think I think it's more of a concession to the card's power. Uh, the reason it's in the deck, I think you really just wanted it in there. It does just win games by itself, but it's not necessary. Like he's, I, I've seen some topics about it. Talking about Edgar Flores is literally a one-deck person. He yes. Is, that That's why he's not, in my opinion, on the same level as the other the other Star City Grinders. Jerry T, AJ Soccer, Ali Antrazi, all them. But, are, I've, but I've, I've, I've made this argument back with you. Mm-hmm. The best the best field goal fucking kicker in the world is still just a field, fucking field goal kicker. That's the best thing you can do. Right. Edgar okay. Flores, so what Edgar, you're saying is Edgar Flores is a field goal kicker. That's exactly what I'm saying. This is his fucking deck. This is his bread and butter. He knows what he's playing. See, but don't knock it. Jim Davis is the best goblin player in the world. Yeah, but um, you can't be a good player if you're stuck playing one deck. Ari yeah. Lax. Ari Lax. Best one of the best uh, storm, players. storm players in the in the world. Yeah, but Ari is there a cl- actually plays other decks. Yeah, Ari Ari's a really good player. He, he's had several undefeated day ones and GPs, uh, multiple top eight, GP top eights. I think I think he's on a Pretty, pretty different level than Edgar Flores. Yeah, Edgar Flores is an okay player. He's just really good at blade decks. Th- then yeah. don't don't knock him. I'm not knocking don't, him. I'm just saying. It just drives me nuts that you're he so... He will never be a good player if you cannot play more than one deck. Look, he's not sitting... He's not standing on a pedestal proclaiming to be the best player out there. He's... He's obviously saying, I'm good with this deck. This is no how I Nobody's know. doing that. We're all trying to get better at this game. But he's limiting himself to one deck, and he can't do that if he ever wants to be better. You know, you, you understand? Like, he's all right. I think he actually did play a storm deck at a Star City and got obliterated because right. he had no clue how to all play. Right, it. All right, well, number one, you can't just play storm. You have to learn storm. No, you yeah, actually sometimes you can just play storm. You you can <laughs> if you're playing against bad players, which doesn't happen after round five of the fucking Star City. Like. Do you think Jason's a bad player? Jason who? Batten. No. Okay, I play. I we switched decks, and I played Storm, and he played Goblins. I I turned three him without a ritual. Well, it happens. The deck can play itself, but when what? That's what I'm saying. Storm's a deck where you have to know how to play it when your back's against the wall. Right. That's all I'm saying. This deck is. This deck is. Edgar Flores is bread and butter. He's out there playing it. When you sit down against Edgar Flores, you know what the fuck he's playing. Why can't you beat him? And that's, that's all I'm saying. 
That's when, all I'm saying. Okay, you say when you sit down again, uh, across from him and you see him and you know what he's playing, you're already in an advantage because you know what he's playing. You can already already just mulligan aggressively to get to get by the the stumble decks because it's like okay. Oh, this this hand doesn't have any sort of action to deal with a batter's call or a stoneforge. Uh, he's just I'll setting login. everyone up. He's going to be playing this deck right here. He's setting everybody up, and he's going to go into a tournament. It's going to be like elves. It's going to be like combo elves. Everybody's going to be like, what? Shit, this hand can't be Edgar No, Forest. what he does is he goes turn one Savannah, turn two Forest Stoneforge Mystic, turn three Heritage Druid Lanowell. <laughs> he just starts going off. <laughs> That'd be pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely next level. Oh, mirror, I don't know. You, oh, mirror entity, make everything an elf, bounce my Stoneforge Mystic, Stoneforge Mystic. <laughs> Shut up, this is getting absurd. Get world I don't know. I, I just wanted to know that you're... I mean, if you, if you look at uh, his standard performance, too, on that weekend, uh, he top it with a blade deck. Right. And so he lost like, uh, to uh, Wolfrun Robots, and that was an awesome deck. I love that Wolfrun Robots set. I love the name. I don't know why. I just love that name, Wolfrun Robots. <laughs> da, 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 da. See, the thing is, I've, I've always loved robots because I play Mud and Legacy sometimes. Well, most of the time. And it's full of robots. Well, I mean, I just wanted to get what it, I mean, this is like a mixture of the probably the best two le- standard decks ever. Stoneblade, or, or blue, you know, Blue-White Stoneblade, and black blue fairies. He's just uh, he's just comboing them together. Like I've said many a times, you don't know what you're talking about with fairies, so just stay out of it. Is you think that a fairy deck without Mistbind Click can work, and it, it actually just doesn't. I don't think Mistbind Click is necessary. It is. I play the worst format. Yeah, like for for Legacy, he thinks that you no, know that's not what I'm talking about. He he said in in like. Old standard when fairies was dominant, also an extended when fairies was dominant. That Mistbind Cliff was not necessary, and I slapped him right in the face for it. Mistbind Cliff may have been necessary for those slower formats, but what I said is it's not necessary for Legacy. And you said, well, then fairies can't work. Then it has to have Mistbind Cliff. And I'm like, no, the card advantage created from Bitter Blossom is fucking retarded. I, I mean, you play that on turn one. Like this guy, Chrome mocks into Dark Confidant or Stoneforge Mystic or Bitter Blossom. What is a is a moral victory? Like you just you're ahead the whole rest of the game. I'm not arguing that Mistbind Click should be in Legacy. I, it shouldn't. It's way it's way too slow. What we were arguing about it was two weeks ago. Was you said my modern deck is going to be blue white fairies if I'm not playing the Azusa deck because. I'm going to be using Vendillion Click and St- Spell Stutter Sprite and Snapcaster Mage, and I'm like, you can't use it without uh, Bitter Blossom. And Which like, I think they're going to oh, unban Bitter Blossom. Bitter Blossom, that'd be awesome. And I'm like, I think they're going to unban Bitter Blossom. Mistbind Click would be in okay. there too, and you'd be we like, should. oh no, not Mistbind Click. <laughs> right. um, I actually kind of agree with that. Uh, if you don't have Bitter Blossom, uh, Mistbind Click has. Not a lot, not a lot of power behind it, especially in a format with a lot of, like, uh, in modern, there's a lot of, uh, spotable. Every deck has, uh, access, especially with, uh, dismember. Uh, so it'd be like a, it'd be like a, a fairy blade deck, like, uh, like, it, like, this boy started to show up in the extended before, uh, they banned snowboard today's. 
where we were just the teleport decks and then uh, uh, some fairies. Yeah. I think I think it's functionable, but uh, I'm not sure how good it is. Uh, that doesn't mean I, I don't know because I haven't really tested uh, for modern to the Pro Tour, but it could be good. Yeah, we I've been kind of testing modern because the PTQ season's coming up, so I'm kind of excited for that. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on on this top 16 was where where's Affinity been? Because it seems like it, it's in okay shape to make a comeback, and usually in this cycle it goes Dredge wins a lot, and then Dredge backs off, and then Affinity starts winning a lot. Well, Dredge won a lot, and Dredge backed off, and now there's no Affinity there. Well, has, here's my question to you, and I, and I thought about this when I saw that earlier today when, when you said, let's talk about Affinity. Okay. Go for it. What has Affinity been given, other than Tezzeret, that makes it stronger? Herbal Poultice. No, no, no. Re- recently. I don't know okay. what you're talking about. I'm, I'm kidding. What, what out of the but, last two, two or three sets can you do to be like, ha-ha, you've never seen this before? With Affinity. That's not really an argument. What has been given to Dredge in the past few sets to make it good? Nothing. Um, it's not, been the same list for the last well, two years. Nothing. Ellis Norton is the closest thing, and that's not really a given because it's already had that. Yeah, Ellis Norton's like well, a sideboard card. Well, well, Dredge is a combo deck right? with a strict set of, I have to have these, say, 52, I think, cards in mm-hmm. it to make it work. Mm-hmm. Affinity, you can go a billion different directions with it, but it has to have. And in the past few sets, they actually got Ink Moth Nexus, which is they got Ink Moth, and they got a on They got those two, right? What what in the Snapcaster meta, which is what I'm calling it right now, in the Snapcaster meta, what? How can it beat a Snapcaster Rug deck? How can it beat uh, Agro Loam? It needs. How can it beat Reanimator? All right, I think. Go ahead, David. I don't think Affinity's. I think Affinity's pretty bad against the Reanimator and the Aggro Loam. However, it's really good against the Road Dex. Uh, one of the big problems with this, a lot of people I know that played Affinity played it on a preference, uh, like preference, because they like the deck, not because it's good. Uh, I don't really know anyone who actually tests Affinity, like for the sake of playing it, like uh, just using it as a secret weapon and Legacy Terror. Yeah, they're not. They're not playing it like as a. As a weapon, they're like, okay, I have this deck. I'm going to play this deck instead of I'm going to play test. What do I need to know? What sideboard do I need to have? They're just going to be like, eh, I kind of want to play. What do I got? Oh, Affinity. Let's play. I see you're saying it, it's more of what a noob deck is what you're saying? Uh, it, no. It, it's a backup deck. The backup? It's, like one of the attractions to, to Legacy right now, I think, is Brainstorm. Because a, a, lot of, a lot of players have never played that card, and there's so much hype around it. So a lot of people just want to cast, like cast that card or interact with that card. Affinity, there's not a whole lot of interaction, I don't think. So right. a lot of people aren't really drawn to the deck. And I think the deck could actually do really well right now. Okay. I, I don't I don't like Tezzeret right now in the deck. I think they would just be a lot better off going the old uh, either Atog or Fling uh, version. I think you're right about that. Like, uh, with all the... With, with all the Snapcaster decks playing Fire Blast and such, like, their Tezzeret to Master of Ethereum's aren't as good after Tezzeret. <coughs> like, it just are in the whole line. I'm not sure about the, the tall thing, though, just simply because it's the uh, right. there. Right, right, right. Well, there was, I think, I know there was an Affinity Burn that was 
within the last couple months. And it was like four galvanic blasts, four shrapnel blasts. And it was just the affinity guys. And it was just eating You could do that and do fire blast, I mean, and play like suicide red. Not fire blast. Why not? Because you need the artifact lands. Not fire blast, uh, price progress. No. Just go suicide, suicide. That sounds awful. What? You shrapnel blast somebody, galvanic blast them, and then lay down a price progress. You're gonna kill them. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. I, I, I don't know how affinity See, I like the Master of Ethereum, Cranial Plating, Tezzeret, well, Ink Moth. That's four different things that can beat you. It would use all of those except Tezzeret because you don't need well, it. Well, see, Tezzeret to win con on its own. Except, if you see an upkeep with Tezzeret, you win with Affinity. Except for you never get that. Tezzeret is always either countered or destroyed by your next turn, and all it is is a blue, black, and two impulse for an artifact. That's all it is most of the times. Or a five-mana five-five. Which sucks for Affinity. I mean, Tensor does some really good things, but I think for this format, it's not very good. It's got too much. Like, against a Force of Will deck, they're not going to counter your. Okay, you go Memnite, Memnite, Land, or, um, like, Great Furnace, Frogmite, sure, it resolves. Uh, A few turns later, Tezzeret, oh yeah, I'm going to force that. They're, they're gonna save their forces for your big spells. That's why I'm suggesting this Galvanic Blast and Shrapnel Blast thing, cause they're gonna be like, okay, I gotta wait on that Tezzeret. Waiting on the Tezzeret, oh shit, I'm at 6 life, and they have like, 13 damage on board. That's I don't know about Shrapnel Blast, but Galvanic Blast seems really good. Like, yeah. uh, it's just the spells and everything. It really is, like, I, I, Shrapnel Blast, that's like the only downside of that one. Maybe even the three mana version that was in, uh, was in Scar's block. No, because a lot of times you're damage. having a hard time, because most of your opponents are playing Wasteland. What's that got to do with anything? I think our general is four. Uh, I, think, I thought it was three. I thought it was uh, three in sack creature or artifact for five damage. It's, if I remember correctly, it was three in a red. Hmm. Eh. <laughs> We're, I mean, we're just we're just throwing out ideas at this point. So. I think. Well, no, I was gonna say like uh, the the idea seems really good. Uh, Burn just seems really good in this format because it's so fast. Like a lot of the decks aren't very prepared for it. Right. Well, um, we've we've been going over the problem decks of the format right now. Uh, the I think the main decks right now in this metagame is the Rug Tempo deck, uh, Stoneblade variants, and Reanimator for sure. Uh, what cards are must-haves for sideboards, David? I think right now, uh, Frozen Grips are most, uh, Power Blast, Red on the Blast. I'm not sure about Graveyard Head, though. Uh, it should be, I think it's a must, but, uh, how much is, is actually the question? Uh, cause some decks have, have the ability to, to have more Graveyard Head in their sideboard than other, because right. they don't have other bad matches. As bad as other now, like, a vast majority of these top 16 decks, like, pretty much the vast majority of decks in general at these Star City events are blue decks because of all the brainstorms. People want to play that card because it is good. But why are nobody, why, why are nobody, is that correct? No. <laughs> why is nobody 
uh, setting in these anti-island cards. Choke, boil, boil, well, not really boiling seas, but choke and boil seem I've, amazing. Uh, I've seen people playing, I've actually seen a lot of people playing choke, uh, and, and at least at the Star City Opens I've been to uh, recently, it's, they, interestingly enough, aren't beaten by the blue decks, they're beating blue decks, because I keep hearing these bad beach stories from my friends about how this guy played three chokes against me and I couldn't win. Mm-hmm. But, They'll get knocked out by the zoo deck or the the mono red burn deck. It's they they they're showing up, but I don't think they're showing up in large enough numbers. That's probably right. Sick. Like I'm gonna pick up some boils uh, for uh, that sounds so awful. Like oh, I got boils all over me. Ugh. I'm I'm gonna keep, uh, pick up some boils for the uh, invitational legacy open because uh, I have a feeling I, I run choke in my zoo sideboard. And you're instantly ahead if you resolve that. Yeah, goblins. Like are I've never lost when, like I've never lost when choke has resolved. Right. Ever. Unless like, except for you sided in that one time against Mono White. I sided in against Mono White <laughs> just to throw him off. <laughs> I was like, like "Was that dude? What I was that? like, "God, I hope this resolves." Played that choke, and, and he's like, "Sure." And then you spreading seized his carapace. Mm. Yep. Get there. No, um. That seems pretty. <laughs> Choking spreading seas. We got some tech going on. Blue green tempo. Here we go. Plow uh, What decks? All right. Let's just say off of this last top eight of Las Vegas. What deck would you play again to beat this this top eight? Like what beats Rug and Stoneblade at the same time? I think Burns really uh, Burns really good for that. Oh, uh, but. I also think reanimator is too. The, the the problem with the, a lot of these matches is a uh, it's ve- very highly dependent on the players playing the decks themselves. Right. So like uh, I think reanimator is probably one of the uh, at least from this top eight one of the better decks to play at least to battle this metagame because it's so uh, it's so fast at what it does and it's so redundant. So you counter one thing it. It's gonna run it back next turn. I think the one that made top eight had twelve reanimation spells. So. Yeah, it's it's tough to beat reanimator. Period. Like like we were talking earlier. God, it would be such a nightmare if Mystical Tutor was in the format. There would literally be reanimator decks and then decks that beat reanimator, well, and that would be it. Well, the thing is, I don't think it would be if Mystical Tutor was legal because you wouldn't be mystery mystical tutoring for. For counter spells, and then Snapcaster Mystical Tutoring for more counter spells, and like, oh, I'll Mystical Tutor for Ravenous Trap. I I don't know. That that seems loose. I just Reanimator is really good right now. I I I have to agree. I also have to say that Merfolk is always a deck, no matter what format, no matter what the meta looks like, no matter how shitty you think it is. Right, Merfolk can still beat the fuck off of any deck. Well, see that I, I think that's the reason why a lot of these these good decks aren't seeing play is because people don't care. People don't care about trying to find the new deck that that wins. They'd rather they'd rather play decks that they know are going to win, like the rug deck. And like I'm sure there are decks out there that just absolutely crushes this meta game, and nobody's found it yet. You know, because it's such a large card. Well, yeah, and when we find it, everybody will be like, well, that's the deck. And like, it, it, it is a vicious sh- cycle, like, but two weeks ago it was Bug. 
Like, Long was crushing everything, and now it's wrong. Like, the Patrick Chapins of this community really need to step it up, because there were, like, Allurin. I've faced Allurin in, uh, in, uh, Nashville. Nashville. And got donkey stomped by the, the sideboard of Natural Order. And it's just, it was a good deck. And, well, Lurin has a good reason why a lot of people Lurin's not a fair it. deck to say it should be seen it, it, to play. It's, it's Imperial Recruiter that keeps people from There's, playing. It's a $800 price tag to, just to play. $1,000. They're, they're 205 right now. Oh, Force Wheels too. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. But, I, 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 I would say if you're wanting to beat this metagame right now, you, you probably want to play Reanimator <coughs> or something with a really good sideboard for Rug, Tempo, and Stoneblade. Right. I, I think a deck that's, uh, I, I know we're covering this, but I think a deck that's really good in the tournament is uh, what Joey Thompson played in Nashville and Pop 4, uh, the word Counterbalance with Punishing Fire. It's, it's Punishing Fire beats uh, everything in the rug deck except for a Tyrant Boy. And it, it can, the rest of the deck can handle Tyrant Boy pretty well. Uh, I lost to Jerry uh, on camera in the, I think it was in like round four or five, and he just smashed me. Like I had uh, no chance. And uh, when I beat him in the top four, I just drew really well. His brainstorm was really bad. Like he brainstormed in the three lands, uh, like non-fetch type deal, so, the Rogue Tempo deck has game against it, but it's you have to get really lucky. Well, which uh, which Star City were you talking about? Uh, in uh, Nashville, or not Nashville, uh, Kansas City. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I was like, what? No, I got I, I confused myself for a second. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Because yeah, I, I, I was talking about it. But yeah, Punishing Fire is really good in the format right now. Which I like Agro well. Did, did right you now. read his article? No. His article is great. I don't know how to read. Okay. Well, well, we'll talk about that later, and, and I'll get you in some classes. Okay. Uh, his 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 article was great. It was like a pie or no, it was a uh, brain like the brainstorming uh, like start with this idea and then go oh, out flowchart flowchart idea. And it oh was, yeah, I saw that. Okay, yeah. it was great. It was. Uh, Are you playing brainstorm? Yes. Okay, then you need to play this. Yeah. If no, you lose. <laughs> yeah. Everything was back to you lose. Except for that one that was like something weird. Except for the one was play Punishing Fire and go over the burn was. And I have to agree, man. Punishing Fire punishes oh, this that's, that's very thing. punishing pun you just made. Uh, it beats Murfolk's. It beats them miserably. Yeah. It beats Goblin. Rug Matchup. Not that they're going to resolve anything with your fucking counterbalance out. Uh, this is just a br- br- this is a brutal deck. I actually think Jerry Thompson is playing probably it's it's the deck to be playing. I don't know if it's the best deck. I don't want to build that. Like, it's it's actually the deck I'm looking at to play at the, the next Legacy tournament because it's got all the tools to beat the metagame right now. Like we have, it, seems, this, don't we? it seems like it can easily do that. Like, I don't think we have counterbalances, but other than that, I could build this deck. I I have two mountain on here. I have pretty much everything except for the one underground sea and the three punishing. Oh, well, the th- uh, four groves. You don't have volcanic island, do you? No. Can you get I've, got, I've got one. But anyway. But, yeah, like, uh, this is a good segue. It was perfect. David executed it perfectly. This is going to be our deck of the week. Uh, 
And all the counterbalance decks. It's, it's, we're going to go over counterbalance in our, uh, after we come back from break, and we're just going to break it down, some old school counterbalance decks, how it's, how it's, uh, evolved into recent with, uh, Jerry Thompson's deck, and why you didn't see it for about four and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> Because why would you play counter since he's dividing top? Why would you play counterbalance when you have to have a resolve since he's dividing Land top? Middle must up. Oh, <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna go to break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about countertop, mainly Jerry Thompson's version, and, and we'll we'll give you a little history lesson and through the formats. But uh, just hang tight, guys, and enjoy. Some smooth jazz. Smooth. Here at uh, WTSP station. (laughs) Okay, we're back here with your... It's not what did you for him? City Legacy Open winner. You chose him. This is by the people, for the people, to the people. David Thomas. <laughs> he's 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 here. He is here. And he's queer. You better get used to it. I'm on that one. Um he was a little confused by the whole last statement you made. Uh okay, so counterbalance. The last deck, hold on, I should have probably linked these to you. That would have been great, huh? Uh, there's one, and uh, the other one is going to be in Skype as well. Uh, those are the two, the latest two that I could find. Uh, one was played by Ben Weinberg. A very good player. At the Star City Legacy Open in Indianapolis last year. Uh, and the other one was by... No, that was this year. That was 2011. That was a couple months ago, actually. You're right. Forge Master almost won that one. That, this is, yeah, this is the first place. I remember this. Okay. This is... Counterbalances goes way back before these two decks, but this is what was at one point considered the best control deck in Legacy. And in my opinion, it's still once... And extended. Yeah, and extended. Once there's a defined metagame, this deck will crush it, and it will be the rock to the other people's paper and scissors. <laughs> but I mean, that's, old Steve that's pretty, pretty much true. Like, uh, a, a lot of times in formats, people just forget this deck exists, and then it just comes back and reminds everybody, hey, we can keep the format in check. Like, everybody's like, oh, I hope I don't face any dredge or... Any of these big decks, and they go turn one island since they divine come. You're like, shit. <laughs> what? I, I what? know what this is. It's it's like, a very good deck. Like honestly, as a player, I hate seeing my opponent go island since they divining top because I'm like, fuck. All right, so here's the. This is so crazy. Think about how many other car, decks that have to have so many cards to work. There's like four cards that this deck has to have. It has to have uh, Cincy Divine on top as a four of. Right. Because once you resolve one, you're never going to see another one because you're topping like twice a turn. Uh, it has to have four counterbalance. Right. It has to have four force of wills. And it also has to ha- w- w- Were you about to say something? 
Actually, what I was going to say is, uh, I don't know about the half-death force of those things. Uh, one of the things that I think Louis Laskin has been, uh, uh, did, that Jerry did uh, in his deck as well, is they were only playing three forces in the main, because it's, it's a card you want to have in your opening hand, but you don't want to draw, like, like it's just not a card you want to draw into, except in certain match, matches, so they were just sideboarding the fourth one. Right. You don't want you don't want a card disadvantage yourself. Okay, too much. Well, my bad. It, in the newer decks, in the in the new meta, you have to have you you, you can you, you have to have at least three. Okay, but old school kind of bounce you had to oh, yeah. have four because you could not beat a turn one goblin uh, lackey or oh, yeah that was right that was or a turn one uh, uh, vile or turn one. Kurt, uh, Kurt Ape or anything like that that was just going to kill you by itself. Like, oh, you can counter everything else I do. I'm going to win with this one creature. Wild McCoddle, anything like that. Like, you had to have that initial stop, and then you're going to top away and brainstorm away all your other Vorsa wills. Heck, that was back in the time when uh, Scythe Tiger actually saw play. You don't even know what I'm talking about. I know what Scythe Tiger is. It's a... Uh, 3-1 or a 3-3 three, three with Shroud, and you have to sacrifice a mountain or a forest one the other? Sacrifice it's a land. Three two, a green for a 3-2 comes into play, you sack a land, and I think it's Shroud. Yeah, it is a mono-green Stompy. Yeah, that was I, a deck I know the card. I, I, I missed that deck. I, I remember seeing it. This was the deck like, that Ooh. beat Survival the Fittest. This is, this is, this is, like, you had, this was the old meta where you had Survival. You, survival. Survival. No, no, you had Zoo, Survival, and Countertop. Oh, it was like there was three decks, was, and then there was Storm and Dredge on the out outsides looking in. It was that that meta game was honestly Zoo, Countertop, Survival, 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 Dredge, and the other one because the three different Survival decks were just so degenerate that they actually made up three different pillars of Legacy. Well, and Merfolk and Goblins, and yeah, and Goblins. Goblins was a big thing uh, back then, and so was Merfolk. And Merfolk still is, in my opinion, the best deck in Legacy. And a lot of people want to disagree, but I think it is. Uh, this is a quick rundown of an old school one. They usually won with Tarmogoyf Beats, which we were talking about earlier. is very splashable. It's pretty much like in Legacy with the way mana works. Uh, any deck can run Tarmogoyf. And this deck, once you counter like the first... First seven or eight things your opponent does, and you land Tarmogoyf, it's gonna kill them because it's like a four five, and there's they can't remove it because you're gonna have a one on top, and they can't get rid of your top without right. crossing grip. Like it's a very brutal deck, and that's if you didn't put something on top with that was worth three, like a fire spout or a Vendillion click. Um, have you had any experience playing counterbalance at all? Um, uh, actually, uh, no. Uh, well, not in, not in Legacy. Um, I've actually only played in. Uh, I think this was my this was my seventh Legacy tournament ever. And you won it. That's pretty. That's stout. That's that's strong. I remember. Yeah, that's right. That was, it was my that was my seventh. I've only played in the five Legacy Open weekends I played in, and then uh, an Invitational, and then Legacy Championships. At Gen Con this year, so uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of my experience comes with a lot of a lot of these card interactions since when uh, when they were in either standard or extended. 
but uh, I've always followed Legacy because I've always wanted to play it. Right. <laughs> like the, uh, I'm sure. Did you play Counterbalance back in Extended at all? Yeah, yeah, I played it. Bef- uh, I played it before uh, Hot Rap Band. Yeah, we so, uh, we we actually talked about this a little bit during the break, but uh, th- was this the the deck that you actually beat uh, Mike Flores with? Uh, no. Uh, th- I actually decided not to play Counterbalance in that deck for the day because uh, I felt like it was going to be a bad choice for the weekend, and it turned out that it was a good choice for the weekend. and I should have had them, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I mean that, that that was due to a little bit of inexperience in the format. Uh, I w- that was when I had first started onto the tournament scene, so I I really didn't know what to do as far as like adding or subtracting cards and playtesting properly. I'm I'm actually side note still mad that I punted a game against you. Like I'm still I'm still so mad about that. Well, you played against him? Yes. When? Uh, in the standard open at, at Atlanta. Oh. I I I tapped out to play something. He's like, sure, and then he memorized me, and I'm looking at the negate in my hand, and I'm like, oh. I remember that. I think it was like uh, you you just tapped out to do something on turn four, and I memorized uh, your twins. Yeah. Nice deck, bro. And then he was like, nice deck, nice bro. Nice one force. And I'm just like. And then he just pushed your deck over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and had he had just. Which I don't know if he would have ran it out there with with me having two mana open, but I mean it's worth a shot to run it out there. Hey, this is because the I, I, I don't think I run it out there, but like uh, I'm actually pretty sure I don't run it out there because it's it's so important to resolve it. I think I had to wait to force it. Now this is the scoop phase. This isn't the David Panner's a bad player phase. Okay, you're um, right. I apologize. Let's get back to countertop. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what countertop. <laughs> Is it's uh, two words put together about the cards counter and balance and since he's divine. It's these two words and they put them together. Yep, and, and one's called counter because a buddy of mine, I was like, hey, you you should probably build a countertop that you really like control. He was like, what do you mean countertop? I don't get it. And I'm like, well, you counter shit with a since he's divine top. And he's like, whoa. But uh, if you don't want to counterbalance, does it's blue blue for an enchantment from Fold Snap. It was actually an uncommon, which it's a it's up to what nine dollars medium pretty much. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's whenever an opponent casts a spell, you may reveal the top card of your library. If you do, and the uh, you counter that spell if the converted mana cost is equal to the spell that was cast. So this is pretty much one of those decks where it's like, okay, you cast a spell, hold on. Let me let me see if I got something. Yeah, yeah. I'll top first. Okay, I don't have anything that actually equals that, so I'll just counter it some other way. No, no, I'll pop my fetch, shuffle up, top again. Yeah. Oh, I don't have anything there. Um, force. brain, brain, force a will you, or in, in extended cryptic command you, and bounce your land or draw a card. Or and also, like, like a lot of people don't know this, like cards with split second. The counterbalance still triggers. Right. So, like, a lot of times it was, I'll, ca- I'll coach and grip your counterbalance. It's like, reveal, oh, coach and grip, sorry. It's like, or, uh, Vendillion click. Vendillion click, yeah, that was the thing. Once you knew your opponent was on three mana, you topped at the end of your turn before they could untap their mana and put Vendillion click or, uh, Fire Spout on top. Right. So they would be like, coach and grip, and you'd be like, flip, and you'd be like, 
and then a judge call it happened, and then yeah. judges come over and be like, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Oh. And then a person will be like, you know what, this is fucking gay, I hate magic. And then, this is faster than the instant. <laughs> this, this is... Not a lot of people are fans of getting their stuff down. <laughs> Uh, not when it's literally you can't cast a fucking spell time. Because yeah. that's what happens when, when, when you resolve top like, and counterbalance. Like that, like those are the best calls as a judge. Like whenever uh, split second's involved, and like it, it's the person that's casting the split second that's getting like the bad part. It's like uh, I've actually seen one like at a casual like EDH thing where somebody went. Uh, Croson grip your your Sylvan Library, and the guy uh, morphed his Willbender to uh, change the target of the Croson grip to uh, one of his enchantments. And the guy's like, "You can't do that! Just split second, buddy!" And the guy, I had to come over. I'm like, "This is how this works. Morph is not a triggered ability. This just happens. And when it turns face up, it's a trigger, and it it changes." Yeah, there, there's nothing wrong with this. This happens. He just got up and left. <laughs> a lot of people get mad at preconceived notions. It's pretty sad. Uh, so David, you saw this deck in extended. You obviously saw it back in uh, pre Middle Misstep Legacy. Uh, what, what what do you what do you think about the new the new deck that Jerry Thompson has uh, basically? Shout out to the world, this is the deck everyone should be playing. Well, like, uh, this format right now is re- is really fast-paced, uh, despite the fact that uh, a lot of the decks are, are slow. Uh, it's a lot, of the, a lot of the games are determined by speed, like who, who gets board presence first. Uh, this, this is definitely a deck that, that, uh, fight, that aims to do that, but uh, instead of, like, uh, fighting over creatures, you just... You're just taking the counterbalance at top and trying to soft block them uh, uh, with uh, with a combination of cards and answering whatever you can with with the soft block. Uh, the biggest thing about this this deck right now is like uh, the deck's already filled with a bunch of ones, twos, and threes, so it it just naturally the counterbalance top combination just naturally counters like majority of the spells in every deck in this format. So it it. It's a really, it's if a really you, powerful. Yeah, it, I, I, if you curve out, if you, <coughs> excuse me, if you curve out with this deck and you just nail every spell that you're supposed to play, if you go turn one top into a turn two counterbalance and you have like a stack fight over it and the counterbalance resolves, the game's, I don't want to say over, but it's as over as you possibly could be without it being like just, hey, you should scoop up because there's no way you win. Right, like, it's a soft lock instead of a hard lock. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's when it's the strongest to, soft lock I've ever heard of. When when people have to actually work to get their spells to resolve every turn, it, it's really annoying to face. Well, that's if they can resolve. I mean, I've watched counterbalance play against other decks, and they can't resolve a fucking spell. Like, there's not a spell that they can resolve. Right, like. You ask the person, hey, is there anything above three in your deck? No? Well, he can control the top of his deck perpetually, and you're never going to resolve another spell. So you should probably scoop up, because this is going to be a long-ass game, and you're probably going to go to time and have no chance to win. So, 
See, this is the kind of deck I should start playing because, like, a lot of people when they I start don't think playing, you're a big enough douchebag to play this because you actually like to no. play Magic. I've like heard you say it. <laughs> this isn't Magic. I don't get to play my cards. How is this fun? Yeah, it is Magic when you're the one playing this deck. Though. Oh, shut <laughs> up. It's not. You're not playing Magic when you're the opponent. This is this is a this but, is a day day kind of deck. Like I'm. All right, look, contemplating it, building Jerry Thompson's this, list. This is why I say that. Uh, a lot of people might pick up this deck, take it to a legacy tournament, and they'll time out. They'll go to turns, and they'll go to turn five, and it'll be a draw because they do not know how to play quickly with this kind of deck. I see it all the time. I, I've never had a draw in a in a Star City game except for the one time my opponent had a Worship and a Night of the Rogue Quarry that I couldn't kill. And I'm like... <laughs> What am I supposed to do? He's at one, and I've dealt like 37 damage to him. I can't do anything else. I can't draw my Spine of Ishsa or anything. Of course it's going to be a draw. And that douchebag dropped after our draw. And I'm like, really? Oh, I want to go draft. You couldn't concede to me? Nah, man, rating. What do you think about... Okay, let's... Why don't you run down <clears throat> Jerry Thompson's... uh List real quick, and specifically what you think about the punishing fire combo in there. Um. All right. So the reason the reason I really like Jerry Thompson's list is because it it pretty much has this for, this for, or, or, the answers to pretty much everything in the format minus dredge, but that's fine because you can't. Uh, I think in legacy it's pretty much impossible to have answers for everything. Well, you actually do have main deck answers to dredge with this deck because you can just punish fire and lava mats or something. Yeah, to get rid of like, the, uh, the bridges. Uh, the good thing about this uh, this deck is uh, right like right now uh, the in all the tempo decks like Snapcaster, uh, Snapcaster Mage, Charmboy, and now Delver of Secrets, uh, pretty much all of the spells. I think other than Force of Will, fall under the counter, uh, like, uh, the realms of your counterbalance top lock. So it's really easy to get that under. And then, like, Punishing Fire against the Rogue deck is pretty insane, because they have no way to actually stop it, and it kills Delvers, Flip Delvers, and Snapcasters. It doesn't kill Powerboy, but that's why you have Spell Snares and, uh, Dismembers. You, can, you also have Force of Wills, and then the counterbalance can just counter it. There's Jace as well. Well, yeah, also, I mean, you could just, Play a Tarmogoyf too because you are running them and everyone knows Tarmogoyf versus Tarmogoyf is and no one's going to win that fight. Well, and, then, but, and then you have punishing fires like to, to battle through their Tarmogoyfs with yours. Yeah, it's so. like swing big guy because I'll block and then punishing fire and then oh guess what I can just get my punishing fire back. Just make, sure, make sure you have other instants in your grave. To me this, I love this deck because it's almost like it's like if you got someone in a headlock and you're saying, "Say uncle, say uncle." There's you got fucking. There's no way out, and you literally are just trapped in this headlock, and it's just so painful because you want to play against it and you want to do something, but once you're locked out of the game, you are locked out of this game. Like they are playing by themselves at this at a certain point. I've won one match against Counterbalance where they've gotten the lock on me. All the other ones I, I just lost, but. The one I did win was because he had nothing but land on top. He's like, top, land, ah, it's three lands. Let you me couldn't fetch. shuffle them away? Yeah, he fetched. He topped again. Three lands. He's like, you win. Okay, so let's run down Jerry, Jerry T's uh, 
<clears throat> let's run down his list. Uh, I am going to have the deck list on the website, and I'll probably have a link to his article just because I I want to give him credit where credit is due. Uh, he's running four since he's divine top, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, four counterbalance, three Grim Lava Mancer, and four Tarmogoyf as the creatures in the deck, and two Vendillion Click. Um, he's running four Brainstorm, one Counterspell, two Dismember, three Force of Will, three Punishing Fire, which you, if you don't know what Punishing Fire is, it's a two-mana instant. Punishing Fire deals two damage to target creature or player. It's a shock. It's a shock, but it also has whenever an opponent gains life, you may pay one red, if you do, return Punishing Fire from your graveyard to your hand. Okay, we'll get back to what combos with that here in a second. It's also running three Spell Snare, which I think is probably the second best counter in the format right now. Right. It might even be the No, no, Force of Will is the first because uh, this deck couldn't exist without Force of Will, so to speak. You don't it just loses to one drops. Yeah, it would lose to one drops. It would lose to Storm. Like, Storm will be the best deck. Like, everyone else would be playing whatever, and Storm would just be beating everything else if Force yep. of Will was not in the format. Um, keeps combo decks and shit. It's uh, running three Jace to Mind Sculptor, which surprisingly is usually how this deck wins. Locks your opponents out of the game. Play a Jace. Had fun playing, bro. Uh, basic lands is running three. It's running two islands and one mountain. He's running a Cascade Bluffs, which is a filter land for red and uh, blue. Uh, four Grove of the Burn Willows, which is our combo card with Punishing Fire, which states is you can uh, tap, add one colorless, or you can tap, add red or green, and each opponent gains one life. So it triggers your Punishing Fire uh, to uh, return Grove of the Burn, or uh, uh, Punishing Fire to your hand. It pretty much reads tap to get Punishing Fire back to your hand, and they gain a life. Yeah, I've actually died to, like, Someone goes, Punishing Fire, Punishing Fire, Punishing Fire. You gain life, I'll pay three, get back my Punishing Fire. It's just a very slow, grindy game. Uh, running three Misty Rainforest, four Scalding Tarn, three Chop Islands, one Underground Sea, three Volcanic Islands, two Wooded Foothills. Uh, sideboard really doesn't matter except for four, fire pla- four Power Blast, two Thrun, and Crochet Grip. And then the fourth Force of Will. Uh, the other ones are kind of loose into your met- metagame. Uh, but I would say Thrun beats the matchup. It beats a lot. It's really good. It's uh, really good against other Jaces, which is, uh, which is uh, one of the things it's for. Like, it's, like, if you were to play some sort of mirror, if you just kill their timer roof off, they can't kill Thrun at all. It's impossible. Yeah, so, yeah. It, Thrun's it, there to stay. But, uh, like... Uh, the underground scene in the main uh, is pretty interesting. It's, all, it's only there for the Nihil spell bombs and the sideboard uh, that he ran, so uh, it's paid for the black. Just uh, draw a card. Well, and it's also to save, I guess, two life in your for your dismember. You can just yeah. I mean, minimize wherever you need. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if every little help helps, uh, you know, this deck is pretty good. Uh, like we were saying, if you can curve out. Hit a turn one top, hit a turn two counterbalance, and just upkeep with that. Uh, usually the game, you're at about an 80, <clears throat> 89, 90% chance to win after that. It's it's just such a good uh, good deck in the format. Like, uh, it, 
it's it's a, it's a just another deck where you can also just have those hands with uh, Power and Voice and uh, some Burn and some counter spells and just go aggro on them and just uh, attack them to death really quickly. So it because it's capable of doing that, it, it makes it a very strong. It's one of the reasons it's a really strong deck. The one thing I realized about this deck that's kind of wacky is uh, other than Tarmogoyf, Three Grim Lava Mancer, and the Three Punishing Fire, the deck's mono blue. Like, the rest of it's blue. Yeah. So. What I would like, uh, alright, what do you think of this idea, okay? Hear me out before you say I don't like it. Let's right. let's cut one Tarmogoyf and I go to. I don't like it. <laughs> let's cut one Tarmogoyf and go to three Tarmogoyf. Alright. And run a Miser. Snapcaster. Just one. Just just to get cute. And just to like surprise buy back a spell snare or a dismember or a counter spell. And so the, the only problem I would actually have with that is based on the, uh, the way the deck runs is uh, what you pick is how you uh, play forcible. So uh, there are going to be a lot of situations where you end up pitching a brainstorm or spell snare to a forcible, which leaves your snapcaster cards to be very uh, few and thin. So I don't think this is this isn't exactly the kind of deck where you would want Snapcaster. I think I'd actually just rather have the Tarmogoyf. It it might be better than a, a like one of the Grim Lava Mentors. Uh, I'm not actually a big fan of the card, uh, despite how how uh, how good it is. Uh, well, uh, I feel if I have a Fed Graveyard. Uh, and I have a resolved Grim Lava Mancer. I almost look at my opponent like you have to deal with Grim Lava Mancer before you can win. And yeah, it's it's, I, it's it's really good in this format because it kills some things. Just I'm not a fan of uh, removing car, cards from my graveyard when I have things to feed on it. But since this is a deck that doesn't have Snapcaster made, uh, you you have a lot of easier time removing your cards since you have excess. There are excess lands in your graveyards. Yeah, you're uh, running so many fetches. Let's see, he's running seven, eight, nine. He's running nine fetches, and that's a shit ton of fetches. Yeah, well, uh, like one of the things I actually like about this deck is uh, it it doesn't have wasteland, in, uh, but it, it's a deck that would have the appearance that like uh, people could think you have wasteland. So they could definitely play. Uh, they definitely might play around it. Well, it's it's you either play wasteland and you don't play groves punishing fire. Yeah. Or you play. Gross furnishing fire and no wasteland, and I I actually I don't see how he I don't see his I don't see the difference in having waste when your opponents can't resolve a spell what, what how many yeah. mana they how much mana they have matter exactly that's uh, that's that's one of the reasons I like the deck I also like because it it's playing twenty four lands which is apparently a lot in legacy but so yeah anything over twenty for a Anything over 20 for a control deck is a lot. Pretty much anything over for an aggro deck, anything over 18, uh, 19, or 20 for an aggro deck is a lot. Actually, the like the 24 land thing is actually coming up a lot more because like the, the Rogue Tempo <laughs> decks actually have to have that many because they cannot afford to ever miss a land drop. So so that they can uh, like Snapcaster or 2 drop or something. Because if you're only running... 20 lands, and I, I still four lands at the beginning of the game is not as likely. I still think the dream is Snapcastering a him. I think him to Turok's the best two draw or best two mana spell in Legacy. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't just hope to hit all the two drops in the world because Spell Snare exists. You're right, Spell Snare exists. Uh, spell Pierce exists. 
Uh, I don't understand why this deck's not running a spell pierce as well, but everything's getting countered by counterbalance. What do right. you really, no point of you really just need to stop like the first one or two spells they play and they're out of the game. Right. Yeah. I, I just talked myself out of my question. So, <laughs> I do that a lot. Like, the only thing I don't like about the deck is it doesn't have a, a real way of getting to counterbalance and top. Like, that's what I liked about the old blue-white counterbalance decks is because it could run Enlightened Tutor to go get either of the pieces. Well, and it also ran... What do, what do you think about, like, cutting a Grim Lava Mancer for a Trinket Mage? Uh, I don't know about Trinket Mage. I would, I would actually want to try and fit a, maybe a Thirst for Knowledge in the deck. Because uh, even though you don't have a lot of artifacts, you can always discard just discard a punishing fire and something else, or like two punishing fires and just buy them back, or an extra sensei's divining top, and it gives you another three drop and more dig. So that's something I, I was interested in. But uh, I or would gifts, probably you could just go get a two tops and two kind of, or whatever you need. I'd actually rather have an impulse there myself to dig one deeper. Uh, I, I, the only reason I like uh, Thirst for Knowledge is because it's another three drop, uh, and the deck is actually, I think there's, let's see, one, two, there's only four in the main. Yeah, there's there's four, uh, three Vendillion Click and two Dismember. Two, two Vendillion Click and one Dismember. Yeah, two Dismember. Two and two. Yeah. So it, it it would definitely add another three drop, which would help with countering like Night of the Reliquary. You don't uh, think Fire Spout is anywhere near needing to be played, do you? I think I think. Uh, that's something I would probably end up putting in the sideboard. Because uh, a lot of people are realizing that, uh, like, Goblins is play, uh, playable game. Like, uh, so, a, lo- uh, they're, they're, a lot of more aggressive decks are showing up. So far, Spout's a lot better right now, I think. So I, w- I would probably sideboard it. But I, I definitely would want to try the Thirst for Knowledge in, in the main. But I could I could just be wrong. Uh, Jer- like, Jerry, Jerry's very... Good at designing decks, so I mean, well, what he what what he's done here is it obviously worked for him. So yeah, I mean, my problem with punishing fire and God, it just hates me to say this is like I don't know if three is the the right number, I, maybe two, but like I you like have three. to have four grow. I don't know, punishing fire just once you have that one and you got the combo going, you really don't need another one. And of course, you can top away whatever punishing fires ever. I don't know. I, I like this, it. And, uh, that's one of the reasons I like Jace in the deck. It's just, uh, I mean, Jace is always good in pretty much in any blue deck, but it, like with three point eight, whenever you play four of a card, it, it obviously means you re- really want to see that card no matter what. Whenever you play three, uh, it's it's more of a concession to it's cool to have in your opening hand, but you really only need it as the game progresses. Yeah. And, so I think I think three's probably uh, probably the right number since it's it's just really good and like having two isn't bad since it's technically feasible to kill a power with two punishing fires if given you have the mana. Well, uh, the thing is uh, back about the fire spout I was trying to get in there was uh, uh punishing fire does what fire fire spout's trying to do because punishing fire and grove kills pretty much everything. They're like, if it's X1, X2, it, it's dead. Like, as a Goblins player, I, I've been playing Goblins a lot recently, and I've faced up against a Punishing Fire deck, and I'm like, there's nothing I can do. There's absolutely no creature in my deck that can survive Punishing Fire. So. Yeah, you just, um, you just, 
you have to almost turn yourself into a combo deck and kill them, like, in one big alpha strike. Yeah, like, I had to, like, Aether Violet 5 in a turn Siege Gang, and he's like, well, I'll Punishing Fire Siege Gang, so I had to toss it at him, and next turn, War Chief and Pile Driver to, to kill him. Yeah, it's very feasible, and once you learn how to play Goblins a little better, you're going to be like, oh, okay, whatever, you got Punishing Fire Lock, uh, I'll just Wasteland your Grove and go off and kill you. Right. It, nice, nice. That's, that's another reason why it runs four groves is Wasteland is a big deal. Well, yeah, and it's going to get to that with Brainstorm, Jace, and uh, kind of, or with uh, Top, mm-hmm. since he's Divine Top. So it's, I think we've talked about this enough. Uh, you're going to be playing this deck soon? Yes, yeah, I, I plan to be. Not not, not exactly per se, but the, the, uh, the idea, like Punishing Fire, Counterbalance Top, would you would you at least try cutting one Grim Lava Mancer for a snap just a miser snapcaster for me and try it out? <laughs> uh, no promises, but uh, I'll, like, I'll try. No, it. I refuse. I mean, Take I think it could. I, I think it could be like. I, hey, I don't hey, think you're going to lose anything. How about you win a Star City Games? Oh, okay, my uh, bad, my bad, my bad. And, my then, bad. and then come back to my the bad. show. I'll have you on as a special guest. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Now, how are we going to do that when I win a Star City Open? Like, and you're. Special guest. I'm gonna be like, how cold is it down there, Satan? Did, did, did you make sure you packed an extra coat? What's that? You, you've never finished higher than me at a celebrity? <laughs> what? Oh, jeez. Alright, so sure. we don't do shout outs, we go big ups, and we let our guests go first. Uh, if you've listened to the cast, you know what bigs up, big ups are. So, we'll just let you go ahead and do that, David. We really appreciate you being on the cast, and, it's up. It's up to you what you want to say here. Oh, I mean, I'm not actually sure uh, what I want to say here. I mean, this is this is definitely the kind of uh, this is definitely like the opportunity where I could uh, shout out just, uh, specific people. But there's so many different people that contribute and everything. I, I think have everybody keep playing uh, playing Magic because like I, I love this game. Yeah, it's I mean, it's amazing how much it takes over your life. So what you're saying is big ups to everybody that plays Magic. Yeah, pretty much. That, that's a big, big up. I don't think we've ever had that big of one before. It's, it's a pretty big one. That's I mean, a, I don't know if he was getting choked up there, but it, yeah, it kind of brought a tear to my eye. I mean, I, I feel, feel what he's saying. You know, we have such a love for the game that we actually take so much time yeah. out of our time to do this fucking cast. And it's hard to express, like, exactly what you're wanting to say on these kind of things because, like, I want to thank everybody. That doesn't seem right. Like Exactly. Like, like so So, is there any specific players that you would like to throw out there, like playtesting partners, uh, uh, podcasts that host you? Uh, yeah, no, no, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> um, anything like that? I mean, I think most of all, I think – uh, if anyway, I'd like to thank uh, Scott Shirky and Thir- uh, Third Coast Cards for uh, uh, sponsoring me. Like uh, he, he also get, like uh, the store I go to. It, it definitely gives me a place to play. Like I need, I need the space other than my house to play test, and that, that's pretty important. That is very important because uh, I don't think people value play testing enough, in my opinion. They just it's, think. It's re- it's really important. Uh, as as a lot of people pointed out, playtesting properly is important. Like, understand, just 
getting to understand various decks, not not necessarily this year's, but others too, is, is really helpful. And right. then just practicing, like practicing playing uh, playing without making mistakes. Well, yeah, and and learning the prime inter like like say you have three lines of play with your deck against a certain deck on a certain turn, was learning the out the learning out, figuring out that 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 number one play, the maybe eighty percent play is is when you play test a shit ton and you get there and you really trust your play test partners to play their best against you, you start really getting a lot better at knowing your deck, knowing how to play against competent players. Yeah. Like it, it, it's 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 definitely uh it's definitely easy to see growth too. Like uh it, it's also pretty rewarding too when it when the playtesting uh, pays off. Yeah. So Zach, do you have uh, any big ups that you would like to throw out to the the multiverse? No. Oh yeah, I do. Uh, I want to give big ups to uh, Quality Collectibles down here in in Alabama. In Jasper. And in in Jasper, Alabama, because they're a pretty awesome store. And, uh, I got some inside intel about that that I need to talk to you about the, after this. Okay. All right. I'm down with that. Okay. Um, I also want to give big ups to uh, Jack's Hamburgers because they make some pretty tasty chicken fingers. They're uh, they're quite <coughs> yummy. Uh, big ups to anybody out there that's willing to sponsor the Scoop Things. Yeah, yeah. Because I was looking at Monday Night Magic's cast. They have like... 20 different sponsors. Yeah, I think they definitely, they definitely shop their way around, but, you know, they, I think they're the number one podcast that does magic. Uh, so, them are the A team. Either one are. Right. So, I mean. So, if anybody out there wants to sponsor us, uh, get with us. We're, we're very open to this. We will sell ourselves out faster than a $3 whore at a penny museum. I don't even know what that <laughs> means. Yeah, that, uh, that, that website ain't cheap. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Day Day, how about you? you uh, my big ups are to David Thomas for agreeing to come on here. Uh, my big ups are to all of the guests that are, you know, willing to come on here and talk to us and listen to our idiocracy. Um, and our arguments. And our, and our arguments and our inside jokes. bullshit. And it's, it really, it really gets me fired up, you know. Had a long day at work, come home, I'm like, you know what, I've got this one thing to look forward to, talking about Countertop with David Thomas. Right. And that's going to happen, and I'm, I'm fired up about it. So my big ups, David Thomas, the Magic Community, MTG Cast for hosting us every week. We're, and we, we don't pay them, well, I donate here and there, but they don't ask for us to pay them or anything. So very big ups. I just want to touch on something. Also, big ups to A.J. Kerrigan for writing his AJ first article. Yes. His first article. Man is a straight pimp. Pretty cool guy. I love, I love that guy. He's, he's, I, he's I on my... The, sir? I remember the first time uh, I saw him playing. It, it was the best thing ever. And he had like a, a thing of apple juice or something next to him. And in the middle of the match, he just takes a sip of it. <laughs> like, like on camera. And we're like, what is that? It's <laughs> so... He doesn't realize it. Okay, like... Let's go on an AJ Garrigan tangent real quick. He doesn't realize how intimidating he is. Yeah. Because losing to him is like a shot. Not, it's, it's not. It's not. A, it's not a knock on him or anything. I right. love the kid. But when when you're older and so you lose to someone thing. that that should not be on your intelligence level. Like I've got poops older than he is. <laughs> when you when you lose to someone who is on your intelligence level but younger than you, it scares you. I mean, the kid is smart. I mean, he just wrote a 1,500-word article 
that is crazy that I could not have written when I was 13 years old. Yeah, it's about Storm and a post-mental misstep world. Yeah, like I asked him, I said, hey, you want to write about Storm post-mental misstep? He's like, sure. And he just fires it out. Yeah. So, uh, pretty sick. I don't know if you had a chance to read it, but it's really good. I agree, but uh, one thing I wanted to, put, to touch on right before we uh, we end up. Well, get your hands episode. off of me. Uh, not that kind of touching, bro. Okay. But uh, we're actually getting up there. Like, I've actually had people coming up to me that I've never even talked to. I don't know these people. And they're like, hey, Zach. You know, like, hey, you. <laughs> I, I don't know these people, but apparently they're friends with friends that with friends that listen to the podcast and tell their friends about it. And they're like, hey, Zach. And I'm like, yeah. Hey. Yeah, you should buy our shirt. Yeah. Um, like, tell everybody uh, that uh, you love us. And uh, I, we just, some, I've been meaning to send Gavin one now. What, a shirt? Yeah, I told him I would. I need to get his his info. Yeah, Walker on Wizards. We gotta have him back on the cast. Walker on Wizards of the Coast uh, headquarters with a scoop face. Ah, then fire me up. Then Rosewater wants to be on the podcast. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in today. Thank you, David Thomas, for being on the show. Looking for more article writers, and I'm trying to start up. All right, here's the official. This is the official scoop face news. I'm starting up an EDH podcast, even though I'm not a big fan of EDH. I do believe that it's a huge topic that people want to talk about. Uh, it's going to be a bi-weekly or monthly podcast. So it's not going to be like us where we go every week. Uh, it's going to be bi-week, uh, bi-weekly or monthly. And basically it's just going to be going over set reviews, spoilers, and what new cards are going to go into EDH decks. And new tech. A, and new tech. And that's it. If you want to be a part of that and you know what the hell you're talking about, let me know. Uh, I know that I myself am going to be hosting Jack, uh, Jack LaCroix is going to be, uh, is that his name? Yeah, Jack, Jack LaCroix. LaCroix is going to be hosting with me and we're going to have, I want possibly two more people just to have a variance of, of opinions because EDH is one of the most so what you're saying is you want a four-man queue for this EDH podcast. Yeah. I, would, I actually like that as a thing, by the way, a four-man four queue. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We're going to end this podcast before we get on another tangent. So thank you guys for listening. It's going to be one of the longest podcasts Sign ever. and cosigns involved, too, right? All right, we're done. Shut up. Thank you, David Thomas. Thanks for having me.